verse 14. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. We are talking about life struggles. And this morning, I want to talk about learning to let go. Learning to let go. And how do we heal our hurts heaven's way? But Father, would you be with us in this moment? Thank you for a great sense of your spirit this morning. As children of God, we can cry out to Abba, Father. Lord, just to know you and be known by you, that's our heart's cry in Jesus' name. Amen. I've only ever fainted two times in my life, and I will tell you one. And that was about 18 or 19 years old. And uh, in the summers, I worked for my dad in this tire factory. And so he had me uh, sharpening some parts on a, like a tabletop grinder, like a big one. And uh, these were these big industrial parts that grind off rubber off of tires. And I would just, you know, doing the things. You get monotonous after a while. You kind of forget to watch what you're doing. And sure enough, I'm grinding this thing. And all of a sudden, there goes my thumb on that grinder. And so I grabbed it. Held my thumb because I knew, oh, I done did it now. You know, you have had that, that moment where you just knew this is not going to be good. And so then I woke up on the floor, uh, <laughs> and then I got up, and I went to my dad, and I said, I think I did something. <laughs> and he's like, let me see. And I'm like, I don't think I want <laughs> I I to let go because I don't want to know how bad it is. And so he's like, no, you got to let go so I can see it. And sure enough, I let go. And, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And, you know, like any good father, put some tape and some gauze on it and get back to work, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to let go uh, of hurts. So someone who can help you can help you. Uh, you know, uh, they even say in first aid that if you got injured, like with a knife, I got a lot of nurses and, and you know medical professionals here. But if you got hurt, like seriously hurt, like in the eye or a major organ or an artery or something, with like a knife or a sharp object, what do they say? Don't pull it out, right? That's what they say. Don't pull it out. Wait and get help. Put pressure on it. And then even the EMT and the ambulance, they're not going to pull that thing out until they get you to the hospital. Why? Because they've got to get you to a person who can pull that thing out, out that thing out the right way, and really deal with the wound. Because you know if you pull this out right now, you're going to die. You know, sometimes I think in, in life we are walking around wounded. There have been moments in our life maybe where someone has stabbed you in the back, moments where someone has uh, affected you in a very negative way, whether it be a coworker issue or a family issue or a friend issue, drama, uh, conflict, life struggles. And you feel like if I have to pull this thing out, if I really did this, I don't think I'd live through it. If I really just had this wound open, I'd probably die. And of us, we'd be dying on the inside. I don't want to deal with it. You leave that object in there, it's like you're that person on the ride to the EMT, and you're like, I know if I pull this out, I'm going to die, but I don't know how to deal with it. You see, that, that EMT's got to get you to the one who can deal with it the right way, in a way that leads to life. Has anybody ever told you, uh, your mom or dad, when you were growing up, I think it's for the guys, I think this is what our dads tell us all the time, uh, this is going to hurt a little, but you'll live. You ever had anybody heard that? Yeah, it's going to hurt a little, but you're going to live. I feel like that's what this sermon is going to be. This gonna, it's going to hurt a little, but guess what? You're going to live. That's what this is about. It's getting you to life and dealing with our hurts heaven's way. Sometimes we'll leave that knife in there. But every day it's going to be a reminder of the person who's harmed us, the injury that's been done to us. You might even forget about it after a while. It, it just kind of becomes part of you until you try to move your arm, you try to do something, and then you re get reminded 
or you see that person, and it's a reminder of that thing that's done to you. And if you're hurt today, you might feel okay right now. God, I don't want to deal with this. But let me tell you something. You're just dying slowly on the inside. You're just dying slowly. You might, it might be there, and you're like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to move on from this thing. But it's there, and you might be alive, just like that guy on the way to the amb- in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. You're alive, but you're just dying slower. How are you living? And maybe today you are walking around with wounds. If you're hurt, we're going to talk about this morning getting you to the great physician who loves to give life and life abundantly. How many know that man? Somebody say amen. amen. So how do you know if you've been hurt? How do I let go of hurt? How do I give it to God? And how do I let God heal my hurt? So this morning, here's what I want you to get before you leave is learning to let go is learning to let God. Learning to let go is learning to let God. So this is going to hurt a little, but you're going to live. All right? Look at me in Romans 12, 14. And I'm going to jump down to 17 after that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible. I love this verse. This is like a really good verse. If possible, so far as it depends on you. How many know it doesn't always depend on you? But if it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. Leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So how bad does it hurt? You know, when you go to the ER, you go somewhere, they say, on a scale of 1 to 10, tell me how bad it is, right? On 10, you could think things like violence and abuse. Maybe today it's intentional injury or damage. That'd be like number 9. 8, this is a real big one, parental rejection. Some of you were rejected by your parents. You didn't have the love that you felt like you needed as a child. Some, number 7 would be cheating and adultery. Six would be maybe theft or fraud. Someone has cheated you out of an inheritance or money. Five, I could think about people have shamed you and humiliated. Roll back to childhood or maybe even recently. Maybe it's people slandered or lied or gossiped about you. Number three could be that people disappointed or failed you and all the way up to two in one. Maybe it's just relationships that you tried your best but they ended badly. And it's awkward when you see that person now. And even to number one, they would be that just maybe someone didn't like you. You know that you're not always going to be liked. I know you're all awesome, but sometimes people just don't like you. You know, that's just how it goes. And so this, how bad does it hurt? So you have a, how bad does it hurt, 1 through 10, and then I can think about, well, who did it? Who hurts you? Because I might be able to forgive a stranger, and I could say, well, they don't know Jesus. I'm going to just give that to the Lord, and I understand it's personal and it hurt. But then when someone who knows you hurts you, a family member or a friend or someone stabs you in the back unexpectedly. How many know those wounds cut deep? They're, they're hurtful because I thought they knew better. I thought we had a relationship. I didn't ever expect to see that. So I've got how bad does it hurt and I've got who hurt me? Who did it? This might hurt a little, but you're going to live. Learning to let go is learning to let God. So number one, how do you know that you're injured? 
Sometimes we don't know the seriousness of our injury because, you know, it's like when I, I can't see it. And sometimes I really, it's like when you go into shock, you, that part of your body kind of just kind of goes numb. And that could be the case with you. It may be emotionally or spiritually. You've been injured and you've allowed that part of you to go numb. I don't want to feel anything there anymore. I don't want to deal with this affected area. So how do you know that you're injured? Let me give you five quick things. Number one is you can rehearse it. You can think about how many, I know ladies, we do that, y'all do this a lot. This is kind of how the, the woman brain works. You rehearse it. Man, if I could go back and I could just tell her now, if I knew what she was going to say, I'll rehearse it. Now, I would practice, right? Y'all practice what you would say if this argument ever happens again. Or, if, man, if I could go back, I would say it this way this time. Don't look at anybody. I know y'all doing that. Uh, you know, you rehearse it. You, if you, maybe you're regularly catching yourself rehearsing what you would have done. Resentment. Maybe it's when you get angry. You have flashbacks when you see or hear that person. It just that your your ears even get hot when you see them or or sense something about them. Maybe it's number three is rejection. You've written them off. I'm never going to talk to them again. I'm going to be around them again. I'm not going to that party or that family reunion if they're going to show up. Rejection. Four is retelling. You find yourself eager to tell someone of your injury when they mention something similar. It's always right there at the top. As soon as someone says something that did something happen to them, you're quick to tell them, man, that happened to me too, man, I'm just going to tell you all about it. That has nothing to do with their situation, but an hour later you're still telling them about that wound. Number five would be rejoicing. You find secret pleasure, maybe you don't even tell anybody, but inside of you, you think things like this, well, what comes around goes around. Serves them right. That's what they did to me. See what happens? It's karma. We don't believe in karma here. This is not that kind of church. But that's what we say. Right? You rejoice. You revel in what happened to them. See, that's what happens. God's going to get you, you know, something like that. <laughs> this week I was praying over this, and I had, a, I had a dream for myself. As I was at night, I think about my sermons a lot, and I just want God to be able to speak in that moment. And God gave me a dream this week, and that's not saying it's like real prophetic, but it was just a reminder that uh, in this dream, this person showed up in my office and the person who I tried best, I tried really well to end the relationship well. I had to speak hard truths, but they basically blamed me for speaking hard truths. How do you know that happens sometimes? You get blamed for how bad it went, even though you didn't do it. And I had to do your best, and you be Jesus, but then it got really awkward, and they cut tithes. This person randomly in this dream shows up in my office needing help. And it was one of those dreams where you had to determine, where, how are you going to react when you saw this person? It was like, you know, you had that, I, you, you get it a gut moment where you're like, ah, oh, they're right there in my face. What am I going to say? And smile. You know, you put the smile on and you think about how you're going to react. And it was just one of those moments where God was saying, Heath, here's what this could happen. What would you do in this situation if this person was in need, if this person showed up in your face? And, and how would you be socially, would you be socially awkward? Would you just pass by them? Would you, would you engage with them? How, how, you, know, you know how, when you see that person at Walmart who did you wrong, it's like, go to aisle seven. You know, like, <laughs> loop around till they go around. Don't go down the bread aisle. They're on the bread aisle. Make sure you go around the clothing section so you don't see them, you know, and, you, and they happen to check out right behind you, and you have to deal with them. And it's just one of those awkward moments. We all have that, okay? We're all human, right? Anybody? Everybody human? Okay. How do you know you're injured? Matthew 5, Jesus said, 
You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How do you love your enemies? He tells in verse 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even tax collectors, pagan people do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Even the Gentiles do this. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I know I'm not perfect. So I know that unforgiveness is like a cancer of the soul. That little bitty thing can grow into a bigger thing and it can hinder other places in my spiritual walk with God. Jesus says, if you don't forgive them, I won't hear your prayer. And your heavenly Father won't even forgive you. And it's these often these checks that when we come to prayer, God, do I have aught against anybody? Am I in conflict with them? Because I can't walk this life out the kingdom way if I'm not dealing with these things the kingdom way. I can't be in right relationship and blessing with God. There is hindrance until I understand, God, is there anything in my heart? David said, search me and know me, O God. Test me and see. Try me. See if there's anything in my heart, any wicked way in me that is displeasing to you. Right? Search. That's a hard prayer to pray. Search me and know me, O God. Jesus said, when you come to your Father in heaven, pray this way. He says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Right? How do you know you're injured? So when you think things like this, I could not take that, Pastor. That would kill me. Don't pull the knife out. I'm not ready to deal with that thing yet. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's like me and my finger. Don't I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to open my hand. I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go. Well, that's probably because you're injured and you're not ready to deal with it yet. I told you this would hurt a little, but you're going to live. Letting go, number two. Well, Pastor, I can't forgive them. If I forgive them, what is that? Doesn't that mean I'm going to be hurt again? Well, I'm not here to tell you to ignore an injury. I'm not even saying it's not going to hurt, and not even going to say that the person's not dangerous. But when Jesus says things like, "Whoever hits you on the cheek, after him turn the other," right? He's speaking of persecution. He didn't say it wouldn't hurt. He didn't say the injury wouldn't hurt. He said, "Give him the other cheek." That means I should accept my hurt as a part of this life. I'm humbling myself to acknowledge I was hurt. Sometimes that's the hardest part. You want to admit that you, I got hurt. This person hurt me. I admit it. I accept that they hurt me. And, and what do I do? I begin to do things the kingdom way. Jesus says, uh, it's really about offering yourself up to the God who heals. Or I'm humbling myself to this hurt. And then I'm going to humble myself to the God who heals all hurt to do it the kingdom way. I love what Matthew Henry says. He says, instead of meditating on how to revenge one wrong, prepare yourself to receive another. I was like... Ah, I don't want to do that. I mean, why would I want to do that? I'm thinking about what they did, and he's like, get ready for another. <laughs> Who wants to be a Christian then? Let's just be honest. Why would you want to ever live life that way? Because I just want to move on and forget about this thing and never talk to him again and be a Christian. Jesus says, that's not how this works. There's a way for me to heal your wound. You are bleeding out, and you can't deal with this. If you pull that thing out, yes, you're going to die. But if you come to me, I'm the great physician. I know how to remove that thing the right way. I know how to heal all wounds. Just come to me and receive rest for your soul. There's a way God heals you, and it's not your way, and it's not my way. If I had, I don't, I'm not a doctor, I, don't, I have probably been to the doctor twice since I was 12. I hate going to the, I mean, dentist, doctors, there's no, no prodding, poking. I would, if I could go my whole life without going, that'd be great. But guess what? It's not always up to me. It's not always up to you. How am I going to deal with this thing? 
I love what uh, Dr. Henry Clout says. When you say, well, Pastor Heath, Jesus says, when you pray, forgive them, and your Father in heaven will forgive you. Forgiveness is a command. I, I, okay, how do I do that? Well, here's the challenge. Forgiveness is required. Forgiveness is required, but trust is earned. I love that. Dr. Henry Cloud, boundaries. Forgiveness is required, but trust is earned. We're not here to intentionally put ourselves under physical or emotional abuse. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's, he's talking about persecution. He's saying, be ready for my namesake to stand up and turn the other cheek and, and preach Jesus. And, and if you're in persecution, that's one thing. But he's not saying every time put yourself back in an abusive relationship. Put yourself back to more harm. Because forgiveness is required. I can forgive them, but that doesn't mean I'm in relationship with them. For instance, you can come in my house and steal my TVs and my couches and all my clothes... And I can forgive you, but I'm not going to give you a key to my house. Are you with me? You've got to earn that trust. Forgiveness is about dealing with the past. That's on me. I have to forgive you. Reconciliation is where we both come to the table and we apologize. That's on both of us. I have to have them to come to the table. Then trust is on that person. Trust is the future. So forgiveness is the past. That's on me. I have to forgive you. Reconciliation is the present where we are both coming to the table for an apology. Sometimes they don't come to the table, so we never move on to the future. Are you with me? The future part is trust. Trust is where they begin to earn by showing me they're trustworthy. That's like the saying, I will forgive you for stealing my whole house. I will accept your apology in the present, but you're going to have to earn a lot of trust forever give you a house key. Are you with me? I can forgive you. That's on me. So we're talking about what's on you. Everything else is on them. But on me, I have to forgive that person so that God can forgive me. I want to heal that heart hurt the kingdom way. So I've got to learn to let go. Getting over a painful experience is, I love this quote, getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go to move forward. Some of us have just been swinging around for a long time, holding on to that one hurt. He said, you to let go to move forward. Here's what Paul says, Ephesians, let go, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. I know you're hurt. I know many of you in this room have been hurt in the past. Some of those wounds are so scarred over. You've been hurt. Maybe you've been hurt recently. It's, it's so many levels of hurt, so many types of hurt. And he says, I know you're hurt, but let go of all that stuff. And learn to be healed the kingdom way. Jesus says, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. That's what he's saying. Just let go. Let go of trying to do this. Your way. Let go of figuring it out. Let go of how, to, how you're going to manage this. Let go of how you're going to fix yourself. How you're going to navigate through life. Just let go and come to me and you'll find healing for the deepest part of your soul. Lastly is... How do you do that? It's because there's something set before you. I know that me telling you that you can get out of pain is not always enough to move forward. I know that if we say, well, it takes him ibuprofen or something, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, that might not be enough. Some wounds are so deep, it's like I need morphine. Some wounds are so deep in there that, that I don't, just letting go is not going to be enough. I've got to let go and grab a hold of the next thing. There's something got to be set before you that's more enticing because sometimes we've gotten so addicted to that pain. Can I use to say that? We've gotten so addicted to hurting. That's what the opioid addiction across this country. 
We just like the pain sometimes. We like taking the numbness of the pain so we don't feel anything. There are things that you do. You can hold on to that anger just so you can be numb about the pain. You can hold on to that resentment just so you'll be numb. Are you with me? Against the pain, it's like taking a drug. And you get addicted to anger. You get addicted to resentment. You get addicted to bitterness. I don't know a life without bitterness. I don't know a life without suffering. I don't know a life without hurting onto this hurt. It just becomes a part of you. It becomes who you are. I'm just always remembering so-and-so offended me 20 years ago. And I've never talked to him since. They owe me $3 from lunch. No, not really. You know, it's like, uh, there's just things that just becomes you. How do you move on? There's something set before you, and this is where it gets good. When Jesus quoted that, if your enemy is hungry, he's quoting Proverbs 25, verse 21. And it says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. This is the kingdom way. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heat burning coals on his head. So what he's saying is, if you wanna, I know you want to kill him. Kill him with kindness. Okay? You kill him. Kill him with kindness because here's what he says in verse 22. And the Lord will reward you. What is he saying? When you begin to love your enemies and those you are in conflict with like God has loved you, it brings this special fellowship between you and God. There is a love that God can share with you, that God has done this, and He's been through this, and He's taken things like this, and He's poured out His love still yet on His enemies. God has done this, and so you get joined with Him. Paul says, I can fellowship with Him in His sufferings. That there's a special thing that Paul learned that it was to suffer with Christ granted a special revelation of Christ's love for himself. As I see that all these injustices against me and I begin to put those things on the Lord, I begin to find a special communion where I begin to abide with God and find God as a special source. You know, if you never go through trials, you'll never know the God who takes you through trials, right? It's like, I need to I see God in this, and I'm going to have a special connection with God. As I go through this, he says, the Lord will reward you. There's a love that will come to you, a forgiveness that will come to you. Answered prayers will come to you. Think about David. David knew a lot about personal injuries. Saul, his boss, tried to ruin his life. Uh, separated his wife from him, tried to kill him in the caves and, and the deserts, you know. Uh, David learned to put himself in the hands of the Lord and trust the Lord, to wait upon the Lord. And I love what David wrote. Look in Psalms 23, verse 5. Psalms 23, verse 5. David learned this, personal hurts, personal injuries. He, he had a special place with God. He says, you all know this verse, you prepare a table before me in the presence of who? My enemies. Okay, now listen, if you listen to the whole thing, just listen to this right here. David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I have learned that when I begin to set myself in the Lord, to wait on the Lord, to trust in the Lord, even when my enemies are surrounding me, I find a special place of communion in the presence of God. In the midst of an attack, I find that I can eat dinner with God. I find that in the midst of all this stuff, we just sang a song, when I'm surrounded, how do I get through, fight my battles? Because I'm surrounded by you. I understand that in the middle of all this chaos and strife and hurt and pain, there's a special, like, bubble between me and God where I find holy communion, that I find rest for my soul in a weary time, in a weary place. He says, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you are with me. 
I don't fear any evil because I have communion with God. There is a table set before me. That's the next monkey bar. I can let go of this one because I see something that's set before me. There's a healing coming when I get to the guy who has the ability to heal my wounds. I let go of that pain and I grab hold of the healer and he removes that place. He heals my soul and he sets before me in the midst of all this pain a healing that no man could do. There's something set before me. He says, I can take my fill of God and give my enemies some leftovers. Right? I can get so full of God, I've got leftovers for all my enemies. There's a table set before me in the presence of my enemies, and I say, look, guys, come on and eat. There's a buffet out here in the middle of the battlefield. I've got enough for everybody because my God has abundantly supplied all I need in Christ Jesus. I've got more than enough. I know you've hurt me, but God's filled me. And here, here have some bread. I've got all that I need in Jesus, and it's abundantly supplied in Him. And think about it this way. He could sit at the table with God in the middle of the valley of a shadow of death. You see, you've been injured. There's something that's been taken from you. Maybe you feel today something is owed to you. But I want you to think on this. Jesus went through death to invite you to dinner. Jesus went through that valley of the shadow of death to invite you for dinner. Remember what Hebrews said? For the joy, what? Set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He went through the valley of the shadow of death. He took that, that carpenter's son, took that wooden cross, and he went through that valley of the shadow of death, and he began to build a table for his enemies. He began to take that wooden cross and build a communion table, a fellowship table. And he said, there was something set before me. It was a joy. Just like David had a table set before him in the valley of the shadow of death, in the presence of his enemies. God was building a table up in heaven in the middle of a time when the enemies were nailing his son to a wooden cross. He was up there in heaven crafting that table. And in the middle of that table was a marriage supper of the Lamb. It was a big table set before every enemy of the Ever was against God. Every enemy was invited to go to the highways and the byways and the hedges, invite all those who were not invited to come. And Jesus sits up there at that wedding feast and he says, Come, all who are weary and heavy laden, those who are enemies of God, I call you friends. No longer do I call you even slaves, I call you friends. See, Jesus, while he was nailing himself to that cross, was nailing a table of grace up in heaven, and he was calling all of his enemies, Come and dine. The Master calleth, Come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. If you're hungry, come and dine. Man, that's good. You see, there's got to be something greater set before you. Something set before you in the middle of those hurts. God has prepared a table of, of, of communion through His cross. That very communion table is built with the wood of his cross. Maybe you've been hurt. God has something great set before you. See, there's a place where you can know Jesus more through the fellowship of his sufferings. But learning to let go is learning to let God. And it may hurt a little right now, but man, you're going to live for eternity. It may hurt a little right now on this earth, you may go through sufferings and loss and death and persecution and tribulation. It's going to hurt a little. That's okay. Guess what? You're going to live. You're going to live. 
You're going to live. There is a table set before you through the cross of Calvary. Amen. Would you close your eyes? Our worship team, would you come bow your heads and our hearts? Oh, God, we want to go through this life the kingdom way. Oh, we want to have that table set before us in the presence of our enemies because, Jesus, we were those enemies. We were the ones, Lord, invited through the valley of the shadow of death to come and sit with you. And if you have forgiven us, how can we not forgive others? Lord, that we are all equal before you at the cross, and we are all invited to that table of grace to come and dine. All who are hungry, come. All who are thirsty, come. And you will find rest for your weary souls. Holy Spirit, we want you to have your way in this next moment. Holy Spirit, fill this room in Jesus' name. Every hurting heart, every weary soul, would they hear your voice saying, come. Maybe you're hurt today, you've been injured, something's been done to you that it seems like no one can undo. Come. Come. Come and partake of God. Get so full of God's presence that you have leftovers. Come get so full of God that you don't feel empty on the inside anymore, but you have enough to go around. Maybe here today that you're not in a hurting place, but don't wait till you get hurt. Come. Come and just partake of God. He's calling you to come. He's calling you to come. Jesus, would you just move in this place today? We're just going to have an open altar. And that's the invitation. Come and partake of all that God has for you. Don't wait till you're hurt. Maybe you're hurt today. He can come and heal that wound. He can take that place and give you abundance. But don't wait to that moment. Just be filled. Be filled. Come, partake of all that God has paid for you. Come and fellowship with your Father.